I'm probably gonna record this over a couple of days um, with um, watching a couple of episodes or maybe just one episode. I don't know. And um, let's see, I'm watching the December 12th episode right now. I'm not sure if it's the first or second. I was excited to see them mentioning Korean food. Um, my husband is Korean, so kimchi and bulgogi and all that has been part of our lives for a long time. And it's fun to see the um, Korean food becoming more popular in the United States. Um, I don't know, like, the how popular, like, how long it's been popular in um, the cities in the UK. And, um, but, you know, like, here it used to be, like, Chinese was, the mo like, the only thing you could find. And it was, like... And then um, Japanese became popular, and now um, then Vietnamese and Thai, or maybe at around the same time. So um, so it's kind of like even small towns would have like a Chinese restaurant, and even like a rural town would have it. But um, the other you know Asian foods it would be hard to find. And Korean I think was like was the last to become like you know um, widespread here in common like. I think like 10 years ago, if I said kimchi, most people here would be like, what? <laughs> but now I think most people know what that is. Um, so, but I was excited to see it on mention on Coronation Street. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, sorry for all my ums. But I'm trying not to keep pressing pause like I do. It's, then I lose my train of thought and it's just kind of, I think it's a bad habit to get into. But, um. What was I going to say? I'll sing while I wait. The love boat. Da, 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 da. I don't know why that song came to my head. I feel like it's something maybe Freudian. Maybe I'm thinking, oh, my family's on a cruise right now. Not us, but um, my parents and my sister, they're on a cruise and sending us cruise photos. So that's probably why I have the love boat. And hopefully there is no love boat action for them because... Well, actually, my two nieces are single. Well, actually, one niece. So maybe she'll find love. But for my parents and um, my sister and my other niece, you know, they're all in a relationship. So hopefully they're not having, like, love boat, you know, kind of situations. Well, maybe it will be fun. I don't know. I am totally rambling. So back to Korean food. Oh, so my family, not my big family, but my the three of us, my immediate kind of the people I live with family, we actually moved to a place in, like, to a different, like, town in our metroplex to be near, like, Korean restaurants and um, Korean, like, grocery stores and stuff. So we're big on the Korean food. Um, the next thing I wanted to say was, that the, um, I didn't like the, the theater storyline with, like, Ken and Wendy and the new woman who, I guess, I don't know if she's, like, an old character that came back or she's just, like, a made-up character that was written in. But, um, I didn't like all that storyline with Mary and stuff until today when I saw, what's his name? Like, oh, shoot, I forgot his name. But he was kind of, like, looking at Mary, like, he was talking to Ken about ghosting Wendy and then he was he was looking at Mary like he suddenly realized he had feelings for Mary I don't know if that was my imagination but I god what is his name he used to be like the principal of the school or the superintendent of the uh, let me well hopefully I'll remember it later but yeah so I like the idea of him having 
like being interested in Mary. I think that might be cute and fun. And they're kind of, I think they would be a good match. But, um, okay, the summer storyline with the pregnancy or the unpregnancy, that is really getting to me. Like, I, I don't, like, complain about the writing. So, I mean, people sit there and say, I'm so sick of on Instagram where people complain about how bad the show is or, oh, we're so sick of the storyline. This is such bad writing, blah, blah, blah. I don't blame the writing necessarily. I mean, it's just, like, a really, like, painful story to watch. Because it's just a really bad situation. So, um, yeah, I'm not loving that. So I hope that kind of, I kind of, sometimes I don't like conflict on shows. So sometimes the conflicts like get to me and then I'm like waiting, like really eager for certain conflicts to be resolved. So, yeah. So I'm going to try using interludes in the episode between like when I pause and don't, you know, come back. So that was a long pause. I went to do other stuff. Um, I found that remembered. God, now I forgot. Oh no, I remember the name of the guy who was making who was making eyes at um, Mary. It was Brian. So Brian, I might be imagining it, but I think he might like um, have feelings for Mary. You, if you are in the UK or are watching it on BritBox, you probably already know more, much more than I do. Like the title of my podcast says, I'm always around two weeks behind. Um, I don't know what interlude I'll be using. I mean, there's so many choices. And I'm like, you know what? I'll just try out different ones. And when I come to one I like, maybe one day in the future I'll have like a consistent one. So I hope people listening to my variety. Um, the other thing I looked up was, oh, what was her name? Martha? Is it Martha? And Wendy. I know Wendy. I think it's Martha. Martha and Wendy, the um, two women that Kevin, oh, Kevin, Ken is interested in or is kind of like sort of two-timing them. And then I also looked, because I wanted to see if they were old characters, and they are. They're both like there a couple decades ago and maybe like more recently. And who else? God, what's that guy's name? I just looked up. The very annoying American one. I must say Sam. So I have to pause it and make another interlude. Okay, hold on. Let me think. It is Steven. I looked up. I didn't look it up, actually. I was able to remember. But I need to remember that I can press pause and look things up on my phone. So I'm not sitting there going, um, um, um. Or just sometimes I can remember something and other times I need to look it up. Or if I want to look up information. But anyways, yeah, Steven... The American was also on before, so he's like an old character. I think going back from the 80s, maybe. But anyways, I didn't, the one funny thing, or sort of interesting, is I didn't, it took me like weeks, well actually I did, I, it, I was going to say it took me weeks to realize that Stephen was American, not American, but he's Canadian. I should say that. He's kind of American, he's North American. But the actor is, was born in America. I looked that up. I think he's born in Ohio. But, um... So I didn't realize he had an American, Canadian, whatever, nor- I'll just say a North American accent until someone on the show mentioned it. And then I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> I just thought he had a, he talked in an annoying way, which is mean. But, you know, now it's not mean because he's like a killer, like he's a murderer. So I can say bad things about his, um, I can say bad things about the way he talks, right? Is that okay? Anyways, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I, um, 
I don't, from what I have observed, people don't notice. Like if they're watching a, a show with a different accent, they, I think it's like hard for people to notice when someone has their own accent. Because my our um, Australian friends told us that they didn't, they're watching Friends, and they didn't realize right away that they were like that someone had an Australian accent. I guess an Australian actress was on. And um, when I would go to Australia, what, what did I would speak in an Australian accent sometimes around like our friends, and they never said. And I was waiting for them to say like, "Oh wow, you could speak in an Australian accent," but um. I, so I was kind of like hurt that they didn't notice, but then I just, I think I, they didn't notice because it's just something that people do. But I'm, if I, when I used an Australian accent with strangers in Australia, they wouldn't say like, oh, wow, you're good at having, you're good at, you know, having an Australian accent. What they would say is you don't have an accent because they would say, oh, you're American. Oh, really? You don't have an accent because they would just, <laughs> they wouldn't. They meant, like, I don't have an American accent, but they wouldn't sit there and say, your accent sounds Australian. So it's a weird thing. And this is just anecdotal evidence, but so, but I, I'm just, if, I guess you can't talk back, but just think about it. Have you ever watched a show from a different, like, that's not the same accent or language in you? And then it t does it take you a while to real? has it ever taken you a while to realize like wait they're speaking with my accent or my language because we i've seen it um also in shows like subtitles and they'll sometimes um say something in english and it'll take me a while to be like oh wait they just said something in english because <laughs> they'll have like english phrases like i think we're watching a korean show and they said happy um happy ending in english so anyways well Thinking that interludes will get annoying if I use them too often, like every time I pause to think or whatever. So I think I'll stick to using the interludes only when I like actually go off, go off and do something else. And I've mentioned this before and um in other episodes, but I don't think someone's gonna I'm I don't know if anyone's gonna sit there and listen to every episode, so I feel like I need to repeat it. I'm autistic and not great at talking, so that's why there may be a little who sometimes might talk too fast or too quietly or too loud. So that's just part of like being autistic. But um, why am I doing a podcast when I have trouble talking? I don't know. I think it's kind of like I'm challenging myself maybe. Um, no, I, I mean, I am challenging myself. I don't know if that's a good, that was a good plan. Um, I think I'm just going to... Make, I'm forcing myself to do seven episodes, and then I'll decide if this was like a thing I kind of succeeded at, or was it something I failed at, or like I should quit. <laughs> um, so I'm wondering if um, they've shown it before that Brian is has feelings for Mary before December the tw December twelfth episode, and I just missed it because a lot of times I watched I put the show on while I do other things, and I kind of listen to it as like a podcast or a radio show. I'm doing it a little less now because I'm realizing like I'm I'm missing things. But then again, if I if I miss something like where there's like scenes where there's like lots of just action and like drop you know I don't know just coronation street have music no I can't remember I think they do but I don't know but you know you could still hear that like I don't I don't think they do okay now now I'm gonna have to um 
figure that out. Watch it later and see if there's music. But, I mean, I know there's, like, title music, but I don't know if there's, I don't think there is dramatic music. So, I'll see. Anyway, sometimes there's, like, you know, big drama happening without any talking, and, like, someone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, what happened? So then I need to rewind it and figure out what happened. Um, So, anyways, I'm actually halfway through the episode, and I'm going to watch more, and maybe I'll have more to say, but last I left it, um, the sad, uh, annoying couple was, like, just took um, Summer to the hospital, or they met some Summer at the hospital, and Summer's supposed to get the ultrasound to see how the baby is, and ah, that's a horrible storyline. Like, not horrible writing, just, like, horrible to, um, like, have to watch. So, but um, I will be back. I'm going to put a little, I'm going to go do something, and then I'll have a little interlude music soon, and you'll, it'll look like I've been only gone for like two seconds, but it might be like two hours or like 24 hours, who knows, but um, this is fun, hopefully for you, no, it's probably not, you probably already turned it off, but, but if you, but then you wouldn't hear me saying that, so that would be like really ironic, not ironic, I don't know what it is, anyways, I wish you could talk back and tell me what it is. Anyways, um, how many times have I said anyway? I don't know. Well, I finished the December 12th episode and, um, the summer thing. Whoa, um, now I'm thinking, why doesn't summer just say, like, you, we, we changed our mind, we want to keep the baby because you've, um, you guys are stalking us <laughs> or just being too overbearing. Because they really are, like, the whole, like, put the father's name on the birth certificate, or put the not the father on the birth certificate, I don't know his name, and the whole, like, we're going to come with you to the ultrasound, and come live with us, and they're just, they're in the whole, like, paying for the baby, I think, um, or I guess that's maybe illegal, the way Billy acted towards it, so I would get out of the mess that way. Although I don't really like lying, so probably the best thing would have been to be honest, you know, up front, and just say, you know, we lost the baby, sorry, you know, please leave us alone, and, um, yeah, I mean, the the whole thing about needing $10,000, I can understand that, but, um, yeah, because they want to keep his dad out of, you know, in, on, out of, in rehab, so that, that, the motivation makes sense to me in some ways, but I don't think it was, I want to say it wasn't worth it, but, um, yeah, I think it's one of those things where I would, they should, maybe try to get money another way, or, you know, I don't know, but I can understand the motivation, but I don't know what I would do in that situation, oh, the other thing, I can, um, relate to Daisy, I know, like, some people hate me for this, but I can relate to Daisy's jealousy about Bethany, because that's so much how I would be, I would be, first of all, I'd be jealous of Daniel, like, you know, saying positive things about, um, like, being so, like, gushing with praise for Bethany, knowing that she's sort of his ex. Well, I mean, she is his ex, but they didn't work together very long. But I'd also be jealous, for me personally, I don't know about Daisy, I'd be jealous, like, that, of Bethany's success, especially in my, I'm very unsuccessful. So I think, especially, well, for me personally, I wanted to be a writer. I mean, I still do. But, um, and I've failed. So if someone close to me was bragging about someone's success, or not bragging, I mean, it was like talking excitedly about someone's writing success, 
I would be jealous. And I know that's, you know, not morally right, but I'm just being honest. That's how I would feel. Um, yeah. So, like, um, I'm jealous of, like, sometimes, because my sister doesn't really pay attention to my writing. Like, she doesn't really give it a lot of attention unless we get in a fight and, and we, it's like, you never read my stuff, blah, 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 and then she'll read a little bit. So I get jealous when she'll send me, like, um, writing, like, oh, look at my friend's blog, it's so great, or look at this person, she wrote a great article, blah, 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 and it was published. And then I get kind of like, but I think that's different, because that's more like, because the blog she talked about wasn't very successful, actually, I mean, I don't think, it was just, but the fact that she can praise other people, but not me, I'm totally going off on a tangent here. I'll just say that I can relate to Daisy in that way. Um, I'm yeah, I think I'm a jealous person. Not like a, like, I'm going to slash your tires jealous person, or I'm going to scream at you, or, but I am like a, you know, quietly resentful, very jealous person. And, anyways, um, I'm thinking that I'm not going to be ashamed of being, feeling jealous, or for being honest about that. I think, um, feelings are valid, and there's nothing wrong with feeling certain ways. I think it's, the important thing is how you act. Like, you know, do you give people the silent treatment, or do you, you know, do something violent, or do you try to sabotage, you know, sabotage someone's friendship with someone else? I think Daisy did that with, what was it, Nikki? Yeah, like, that to me, that's not right, you know, sabotage someone else's, like, career. Well, she didn't really do that, did she? But anyways, you know, just to, when, when we act out, I think that's wrong, but to just feel the feelings. Um, but since Coronation Street's a drama, I'm, guessing that Daisy is going to act out in some way, hopefully not too destructive. Um, I'm guessing it's going to be what leads, they're going to have some kind of drama, and that, that's what's going to lead to um, Daniel proposing to her, because I think, I, you know, I've seen, like, <clears throat> the spoilers on Instagram, like, the little, because, again, two weeks behind, so, and I do, I don't mind spoilers, so I'll often watch the videos. I like to be emotionally prepared for things. Not that I need to be prepared for the proposal, but like for, um, like deaths and tragic accidents. Although there's a story that maybe I'll tell one day is like I misunderstood a spoiler and was really sad <laughs> about, I'll just say it now, Kelly, um, when I thought Kelly was going to be killed off. So then when she's on the top of the building, I was like, holy crap, they're going to push her off the building. And, um, so I was like, like really sad about that. Cause I was like, that's just like, I love Kelly, and I don't want her to die such a tragic, you know, she's, like, so young, and, well, no one should die, no matter what age, by falling off a building, but, like, you know, because I liked Kelly, especially, that was very sad, and then, um, I was outside in my backyard, and when I found out, like, oh my gosh, she's gonna live, and then I googled to see what, you know, to find out what this, you know, what really happened, or what was gonna happen, because I think it ended with her, like, on the, like, her, with, um, uh, what's his name? Her boyfriend. I forgot his name. Aldi? Aldi? I've Ald I don't know what his name is, but I forgot. But um, it was, he got shot, and I think the episode ended. And I'm like, and then um, I was like, well, maybe Kelly's not gonna die. So I googled, and then I found out she she wasn't gonna die, and and I like started crying, like of relief. But um, yeah, I get emotionally involved every so often. I'm now in the middle of watching part two of episode, no, I don't know the episode number, but um, from December 12th, and I'm just going to, I haven't finished it, but I wanted to start rec record now because my husband is out running, 
and so the house is more quiet and I have more privacy because I'm embarrassed to like sit there podcasting in the middle of with people watching um so I think the storyline I think it's getting a, over the top now with um Esther's mom suddenly dying on the I mean not suddenly dying I mean I understand, it's just very manipulative timing from the universe um, it's like the universe is giving Summer like a guilt trip, like trying to make things even worse for her. And um, you know, sometimes in, in real life, it's one of the things in real life, these things, those things happen or just bad things happen in threes or just those weird things, weird coincidences. But in fiction, like soap operas, it's, it feels like just the writers being overly manipulative, kind of. So, um, so well... I decided to try writing, taking notes while I'm watching the episode, so I wouldn't be going like, um, um, and like at a loss of what to say, but I think it's made things worse, because of what I wrote that I meant to say about, um, <laughs> Esther dying, I mean, Esther's mom dying, is like the opposite, I just said the opposite, <laughs> so, I don't know, how, um, because in the notes, I was talking about the universe is not that manipulative, like, our universe is not that manipulative, but maybe soap opera ones are. But I think it's the opposite. I think our universe is very manipulative and weird coincidences happen and we just kind of accept it or brush it aside. But when they happen on shows and we get like, what? But that's the over the top. So um, I like to see with Brian and Ken, Ken Barlow. Yeah, Brian. I, I can't so bad at forgetting remembering names. OK, I like the scene between Ken and Brian and Ken was talking about um. Wendy and Martha, and then he, um, he says something, and he's like, but, and then Brian interrupted and, and said, I sense a but coming, coming, and Ken's like, yes, because I just said that, or, I don't know, that's not exact, his exact words, but it was funny, and I think it was great writing, great acting, great delivery, blah, 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 um, I also, I've, um, I like the twist, where, um, Ken's talking to Wendy, and telling her, you know, you don't need to be jealous, or, you know, the reason I didn't call you, I hope you're not jealous, and she's like, well, that's, the point is, I'm not jealous, so that's the problem, so it's, yeah, I think people, like, I'm very, like, kind of pro, like, or in defense of jealousy, because people portray jealousy as very, like, a bad, and total, completely toxic, and you should trust someone, but to me, I think, um, jealousy like mild jealousy not you know over the top I'm gonna lock you in the basement jealousy I think jealousy is um it's a sign of like love and if you and it's also you know in a vulnerability and if someone's not jealous at all then you know what do they are they that overconfident that they're not going to lose the person so I think a little jealousy is needed it's kind of like too much jealousy is horrible but too little jealousy is also horrible. But I'm, it was good that Wendy was able to be honest and say, I'm not jealous, so I, I don't have romantic, that means I don't have romantic feelings for you. Can we just be friends? And um, I don't, I'm wondering, like, was, did Ken actually, he said he wanted to be with Wendy, but was he doing that kind of out of, like, obligation because he was with her first? And he doesn't want to be the kind of guy who just, you know, you're, I think, I don't know, his, I know like hints of his history. So I think he is that kind of guy, but maybe he doesn't want to be that anymore. So is it like he feels like obligated to continue to have feelings for Wendy over Martha? Because when she told him, he kind of seemed relieved rather than hurt. 
but I was washing the cat through dishes, so I was not what, seeing no. I was just listening, not seeing the facial expressions. So maybe he was did look hurt. Daniel and Daisy. So earlier I talked about how jealous feelings are okay, but jealous behavior is not. And I think um, the scenes with Daisy interrupting Daniel were infuriating to me. And I think that that shows like that's bad behavior. She didn't like, but it might also have been ignorant behavior because she didn't understand that writers do not like to be interrupted. Um, I can really relate to da like Daniel in that scene because I when I'm writing sometimes my husband will interrupt me and he interrupts me like a f like tiny fracture of what Daisy did it's usually just like Mwah! you know or he'll like I love you and I'm like ah and he's just trying to be nice but it's just like I do not like when people when I'm trying to like um when someone interrupts my chain train of thought because you can see how much I interrupt myself with the all the uh, uh so my my brain does not do well with like other people interrupting and um because then it's like I get like kind of like tense and then I'm like kind of like short with him or kind of don't you know like like you know kind of not paying attention giving him enough attention and then I feel guilty and then I feel resentful and I've always mixed emotions and I've totally you know you know lost where I was in my writing and and it's hard for me to get back into it so sometimes that's one of the reasons um sometimes I feel like I want to quit writing or I because it's just, I don't think I was in the, I was like this in the past. I think I had a lot of interruptions and especially when I was parent, you know, I'm still parenting, but I have a, an adult child now rather than a young child. And I don't remember being that, you know, I think mostly I was able to handle my son interrupting. So I think it's like my brain is just now it's getting harder. And also when I was a teenager, I wrote novels, you know, and um I think, you know, I'm sure there were tons of interruptions from parents, siblings, dogs, and, you know, so for some reason, I don't do well with interruptions. So, like, what Daisy, watching Daisy do that to Daniel when he was really into the zone, and I think probably, like, in a, like not just the zone, but maybe that's it, because maybe writing, well, if writing fiction, that's, you get into the zone, but some, sometimes when I write, I'm writing about very personal, like, difficult things. And that can be, that's like really hard to be interrupted when I'm doing that. And, um, but I do think I've gotten worse, not, you know, maybe it's an aging thing. So, but, um, yeah, I think Daisy was acting pretty awful. And, you know, that's kind of just, um, yeah, I think one thing is Daniel said to her, like, you won't understand this, or this is not for you. You can't read it, blah, blah, blah. Then I can imagine her being mad and offended. But he, you know, he pretty much said, I just need to, like, think things out on my own, and then you can read it later. So, but, and then again, I can't, I can kind of understand her getting, like, jealous about, you know, Brian reading it. Because that is something I might do. Like, okay, you said I can't do it, but why can, because she's already insecure. And now, you know, so now she's, like, kind of suspicious and insecure. And so... Brian reading it upset her, so that I can kind of understand. But still, feelings are different than behavior. That's all I would say. The storyline with Gemma shopping for Tyrone, I thought was stupid. I mean, I don't, when I say something stupid, I don't think it's like the writers are stupid. The thing with the, whatchamacallit, Esther's mom dying, maybe that was kind of bad writing. But um, it annoys me. So I'll say if I think... I will specify, I think it's bad writing, but, um, 
the thing was, why, I feel like, why did Gemma go shopping for the wedding dress with Tyrone? Because I, I feel like, I know there's the bad blood is not so bad between her and Fizz anymore, but she did sleep with Tyrone. So that's really weird, like, to have someone buy your wedding dress and that person is someone who, like, slept with your partner, like, had an affair. So that's a little odd. <laughs> but also, I, I didn't like, you know, that... And Gemma, she did the golden rule rather than the platinum rule. She bought a dress that she would like that was like kind of like, oh, you know, a bit obnoxious. I kind of like it personally, but I would have maybe worn it. I've been fine with it. But, um, you know, she wasn't thinking about what, you know, what Fizz would like. Because the platinum rule is you think not what you do to others, not what you would do want for yourself but what you know that they would want and if she didn't know fizz enough to know what fizz likes in a wedding dress and she shouldn't have offered to do that um job and um this might be a writer problem or it's just a Gemma problem but um like I'm like you have six kids that you're supposed to help take care of and you have time to shop for help someone go shop for a wedding who is your ex-lover or I mean I don't know if it's a lover you like your ex whatever but um, yeah, I thought that was a bit odd. And then the the whole thing with the dress, it, you know, it it's kind of like um a wedding dress is like that um that thing about the gun. I forgot what it's name, but uh, I forgot what it is. Like, can there be a wedding dress before a wedding that's not gonna get stained? Like, if you see a wedding dress before the wedding, something bad's gonna happen to it. I'm mean, not in real life, but on like in a show. Like, I wonder how often though in real life do wedding dresses get ruined before the wedding? Is that like a common thing? I'm sure there's like a website with horror stories, but, um, you know, and so, yeah. So, um, earlier I mentioned playing interlude music and you were probably, if you're listening to this, you were probably very confused and being like, I don't hear any music. What is she talking about? Is, oh no, is there something wrong with my phone or is there something wrong with whatever you're listening to this on? And what happened is... I had like too many interlude musics. I put it in like four or five times and I started realizing, okay, this is going to get annoying. So I deleted one, just one interlude that came after way too soon um, after another interlude. So I deleted that one, but they all disappeared. So that's annoying, but um, yeah. So that's the explanation for that. I'm going to, so I really wanted to have a, like, maybe interludes are no, more annoying than helpful though. So maybe it's good that maybe Anchor was doing me a favor. So, but um, I'm going to watch more of the show, try to watch it before my husband comes back from his run, and then I have more comments, and then I'll do that. Um, if not, I'll end it here. And I shouldn't say that because then, we, well, you'll know if I don't end it, if this might be an ending or it might not be an ending. So when I listen to podcasts, I sometimes hear someone say something like funny or um, and someone will say, we're going to edit that out, right? Or edit that out. And then, but obviously it's not edited out because I'm hearing it. And I always thought it was because they decided it wasn't that bad or it was actually entertaining. Now I'm thinking maybe it's because it's hard to, it's hard to edit out because I'm trying to edit out the last segment, like a little, the ending, but it's, Anchor doesn't make it easy, or I'm not understanding things right. So I'm just wondering if it's just hard to edit things out. It's easy to edit, like, the end or the begin. Like, I'm editing out the 
beginning parts of all of mine because kind of, the microphone makes a noise. So I start like seven seconds in. But I'm trying to, like, I can't listen to it and edit. So I don't, I just edit it like a little segment out and I don't know if I edit it out too much. So if there was something a bit jumpy, um, that's why. <laughs> I mean, if it was like kind of like an abrupt, like, a, I don't know. If it seems strange, it's an editing issue because I am struggling with the editing aspect. Um, so I was going to say, oh, okay. So the thing about now I feel like this is like a writing issue. Like the whole thing with, um, oh, what was I going to say? Wait. I'm thinking instead of interlude music, I'll have like pauses. So then you'll have some silence. And then you can hear, like if someone has been like crying, like your dog's been barking, you didn't hear because I'm too loud. You'll have that silence. So you'll be like, oh, wait, the dog's barking. Or, oh, wait, the pipe is bursting. So I think I'll, that will be my service to you. I'll make more pauses. And um, what was I going to say? So Wendy, not, yeah, so this, I, I think the writing got a bit annoying with the whole Wendy and Martha and Ken thing. Because when, like, Martha has, it's just that kind of, like, Days of Our Lives used to do this. Or I don't, it might still, but I don't watch it anymore. But it's that kind of, like, a character saying something to make things even harder. I guess Coronation Street has done it too. But it's like that, you know, Summer wants to, t to tell the truth about the baby's dead. But then um, Esther announces her mother died. And then the whole thing with, you know, um, Ken breaking up with Ken being dumped by um, Wendy. And, you know, and then Martha puts him in the situation, you know, kind of pushes him to lie by saying like, oh, you know, how did it how did it go and you know did you i don't i forgot what happened but it kind of put like not that i'm saying that he, it's he was like he shouldn't take responsibility and be honest but he the stuff she said kind of i can imagine him feeling like pushed to lie and say that you know kind of imply that he broke up with her and um so I know this is going to come up. I mean, I'm not, no, but I'm pretty sure this will come up later where Martha, they're happy in a relationship. And then Wendy lets it slip that she was the one that dumped Ken. And then Martha's going to know that she wasn't the first choice. Oh, I know the line she said. She said something like, oh, I was afraid it would go the other way. Like you were going to choose her over me. And that's what he did do. So like, did she have to say that line? I felt that was just kind of, over the top or manipulative from the writers. You know, it's like, um, I don't know. I feel like people, sometimes people do that in life to each other on purpose. Like they'll say something to make them feel like make each other feel worse, like little subtle things like guilt trips. So, so maybe it's not bad writing. Maybe it's just life. I don't know, but she didn't know. So I think that's the difference in real life when we become manipulative. Cause I think I've done it too. I will confess where I'll, you know, you know, kind of, twist the knife or the guilt trip but I think um and in, in with this thing with Summer and Esther the thing with Esther and Martha is I don't think they're doing they're not well of course you know Esther didn't have her dad her mom die on purpose but um the thing with you know Martha saying that like she didn't know she didn't know so it's like just by coincidence she just you know happened to say something manipulative on accident say the worst thing and I think that's a little like kind of bad writing maybe hello 
Okay, so I finished watching the episode, and, um, first of all, I liked that Ken told the truth, told his truth to Brian about Wendy and Martha. Um, I think there's, like, three stages of being open and honest. Not three stages. There's three, I, I like to make things, like, a little lists and categories. So in this little situation, like, situations, like, where someone lies, I think the best situation is when someone can be, like, truthful to the person that's, like, the object of their whatever. Like, if, okay, I, don't, I, I can't put in words like that, but I'll say, like, Ken. Like, if Ken had said to Wendy, like, um... I don't think he should have said, I, I was, you know, I mean, Ken said to Martha, Marsha, Martha, Martha, Marsha, I don't know, let's say Martha, if Ken said to her, I don't think he should have said, oh, I was going to pick Wendy, but she rejected me, but if he just said, um, well, Wendy and I, you know, she broke things off, and then, you know, then Martha has to decide her, she she's, gets the opportunity to decide, do I want to be a, with a man when I was second choice, is that okay with me, or do I want to be first choice? So anyways, um, I think the second level is what he did, what Ken did, is that he was able to tell um, Brian and confess to Brian and show like, okay, I was the one rejected. And I think that takes some courage. Like, and that's a, like, that shows that you have a friend that you can, tr well, you can sort of trust to say that unless you're like me and just confessional. Because I confess to people when I really, sh the type of people I shouldn't, that I know are, gonna, are not trustworthy. So, but I think... Brian's probably trustworthy, and um, the third level is when you're not, you don't tell anyone, but you're, but you know yourself, and you can admit it to yourself, like, this is how I feel, and um, I'm not going to tell the truth to other people, but I'm at least going to admit it to myself, and then the last level, I, I said there were three, but there's really four, which is the person who actually lies to themselves, and it's just delusion. delusional um I had to edit something out and I said too much and then I said I can't say that and then deleted it so there's a little weird moment there that's why um what else oh the mic the mic is disgusted by summer okay I could I think that was a little going too far and being you know anyway I thought that was you know going too far for him but I understand he's angry and like grieving but hopefully he's nicer to summer you know later later on down the line and can forgive her so um i could relate to mike i've been in a similar situation where someone lied to me and made me believe that something wonderful and magical supercalifragilis was going on <coughs> excuse me and um then so it went on for a month, and then, you know, one day, it was just like the ultrasound, where he looks at the ultrasound, and he's like, hmm, you know, why is this on your phone, and why is there no date, and name, and blah, 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 and then, you know, it all, like, so for me, it was a moment like that, where I was just like, okay, why is this, why is there this, I just saw a little clue, and I wanted the person to be able to tell me, like, oh, be able to explain the clue away, you know, but, um, but they couldn't, so then, you know, my whole world imploded, and I was very angry, so, um, but, um, yeah, it's just that one little moment where one little clue, and then, you know, I asked myself later on, you know, did I, did a part of me know that, um, that's, you know, this was going on, and did I, um, was, so is that, like, why I picked up the clue? And so I also wonder about Mike. Did they subconsciously pick up on the clues? And like, you know, the way the summer was kind of being awkward and 
you know, pushing, you know, oh, we'll go by ourselves. And I don't, you know, there is something like, I don't know, I think as a viewer, and I don't know if that's because we already know, it felt like, okay, that something's going on with Summer and that she's keeping a secret. But um, maybe it, was, it wasn't just like, because we know maybe it was something that if people wanted to see, they could see. And so I think they would have, they, maybe they subconsciously picked up on it. And that's why Mike was like, you know, finally, when it, you know, he was picking, you know, it kind of like escalates till when he sees the, um, when he sees the ultrasound, something's not right. Maybe that's why he was able to pick up on that versus if he was still in the delusion, maybe he would have been like, you know, been quick, quick to make his own excuses and not ask, even ask about it because he wanted to believe. So that's what I, you know, I wonder like when I was, when it was, the truth was revealed to me, did I already in the back of my mind kind of like no although mine involved like a supernatural thing so it was like fake supernatural so I think there was always part more part of me that probably was a little skeptical although maybe not because I might not have been as skeptical I was only 15 so I think I was more open-minded because I think it's that experience that made me more skeptical about supernatural stuff or you know, I'm, I'm, I believe in the supernatural, but I, you know, when t someone tells me I saw a ghost and I don't go, I don't, I'm not thinking, oh, you saw a ghost. I'm thinking, well, maybe you saw a ghost or maybe this or maybe that, or maybe, you know, I'm, I'm a believer and a skeptic mixed together. So, um, anyway, um, I'm going to post this and hope someone listens um, if you if you happen to listen to the whole thing, thank you so much. It's kind of like a miracle for me. Um, and happy new year. Well, you might not. Someone might find this like ten years later. So hopefully, it's a coincidentally, it's almost a new year. Anyways, we're whatever time you're in, like if it's like 2040 or 2050 or whatever. So um, anyway, um, thank you. Bye.